officers won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the Grange Point 4. This is Control, be real. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, citizen civs. You've tuned to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 98 and was recorded on November 20th and made available for download Tuesday, November 24th over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Tony. And I'm Lennon. What do we have this week, Lennon? Well, in this week's squawk box, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a single stage to orbit Batmobile. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the good stuff coming from the Star Citizen Anniversary livestream, and pretty much nothing else. In Nuggets for Nuggets, we go behind the scenes at your favourite search and rescue organisation, and finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Sits and Sivs, you can help bring us more of the show you love by visiting our website, cardfrequency.com, and clicking on the Patreon button. For the low, low price of $1.25 per episode, you can become a backer and get access to the unedited recordings of this show a whole three days before our Tuesday release. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week free of charge, but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder of folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. Thanks to everybody that's made a contribution so far, and we hope that you continue to make contributions as we change our show format starting with episode 101. The more support we get, of course, the better show we'll make. And we also wanted to give you all a heads up that as next week is Thanksgiving in the USA, that we're going to be taking the week off. Yes, I know, it makes me a little sad too, but to make up for it, episode 99 is going to be a call-in show. So if you want to join us and chat about everything Star Citizen, then join us for the live recording on Friday, 4th December at 10pm Central. That's Saturday at 4am GMT, and all the TeamSpeak details can be found on our website. And that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the Squawk Box. This is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. So we've done this whole rocket ship thing to death here on Squawk Box. It's about time we expanded our horizons and, and looked overseas to a truly innovative orbital taxi service. A British company called Reaction Engines has spent the last generation building a hybrid system that might do away with the old-school ride-the-fire method of space travel. Their experimental Sabre, or Synergistic Air-Breathing Rocket Engine, could power a safe and efficient single-stage-to-orbit vehicle. That kind of reminds me of a cross between Michael Keaton's Batmobile and a 1930s Buck Rogers uh, sort of rocket ship. Why are they making the news now? Well, BAE just ponied up 20.6 million quid, that's 32 million simoleons, for a 20% stake in the company. Add in another 60 million bob, which is 122 million loonies, in grants coming from the UK government, and the company thinks it should have all the resources it needs to stage a full-scale ground test of the Sabre engine by 2020 and unmanned test flights around 2025. The ship should be reusable for up to 20 round-trip flights and can be configured to transport passengers or cargo to low-Earth orbit. They've already proven the key piece of technology, which is a revolutionary heat exchanger, and the rest of the design is is fairly off the shelf. So now, it's just time to kick the tires and maybe not light the fires, just turn the engines on. This is pretty interesting because I read about this in Popular Science back in the 90s. Yeah, this has been on the drawing board for a long time. But apparently the thing that they've actually cracked is that uh, when you go past Mach 4 or 5, the incoming air into the engine, into a standard jet engine, is too hot to use. 
so you have to cool it off. But if you cool it off too much, it ices up the guts of the engine, and then you explode and die in a terrible, horrible mess. They figured that part out. They can cool off the uh, air intake enough uh, as it approaches hypersonic speed to actually be a useful jet engine up to low Earth orbit, and then they just turn that part off and then use the rockets uh, after that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting if they can if they can just iron out all the details. Yeah, the other side of it, of course, is for atmospheric flight, because like you were saying, they can effectively retool it to be use it for atmospheric purposes. So traveling at Mark 5, just to kind of put that into perspective, you could circumnavigate the globe in 10 hours at Mark 5. That's you know a thing that you can do. Or if you wanted to go from Australia to the northern reaches of Canada, you're looking at about four and a half hours. Man. Yeah. I'm just waiting until they miniaturize it so I can put it in my car and I can, you know, VTOL out of my driveway, go to work, and then come home. Well, they don't have that yet, but there's this, uh, it's the, the tri-lifter. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like the V-22 Osprey, but it's a smaller personal size transport, but it's got two fans on the wings, like near the front, and then a single fan and the tail, and they're all pointed downwards. And then you, you basically take off from something the size of a driveway or a helipad and uh, just, like, you know, fly around helicopter heights. So I'm thinking, Jeff, what you do is you take off from one of those in your backyard, and you fly to the Seattle airport, and then you get on your Mach 5 hypersonic transport that Lennon wants to build, and you fly to Australia in four hours. So there you, there you go. And then you, you, you know, once you're in Australia, you get another tri-lifter thing down there. You'll never have to drive again. Never have to drive again? Nah. No. No, you'll be flying everywhere. Well... I like to drive myself, though. I some of the I've been following the flying car area ever since you know, ever since I was a little kid. Because you know, when you watch the Jetsons or some other, yeah, <laughs> that was supposed to be a reality by this time. There was a guy, Doctor Moeller. He built a sky car. Uh, it was basically a flying saucer, and um, I looked him up oh, a couple of years back, and he was making this uh, kind of like what you were describing. You know, they, they promised us so much, right? You know, we're supposed to have flying cars, you know, Mach 5 transports, uh, transatlantic. Then they, you know, they made the Concorde and then they dropped it. So, I mean, it's like we're playing catch up here. We've got to, we've got to fix this. We've got to, we've got to, you know, get back to the, the 21st century that I was promised when I was a little kid. And where's my hoverboard? So, we've got to go hoverboard, tri-lifter, home airplane thing, Mach 5 transport. I think from there we have the entire transportation range pretty much covered. You know, it's funny because they recently came out with this like personal skateboard that's uh, on four quad wheels and and they're calling that the hoverboard and I'm going, that's not a hoverboard. It's got wheels. It's got wheels. I know. It's the advertising people. Blame them. Have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our crowdfunding update for November 20th, 2015 is 94254000 up almost a million dollars from last week. Star Citizens are now numbering 1.047 millions. That's up about 4000 from our last update. And the UE fleet is now 796000 strong, up about 13000 from last week. Almost all of the major news from CIG this week came out from the live stream and uh, was then backed up by posts on their site. So we're going to take them one item at a time. Of course, the first major bit of news isn't listed in any post. There is a limited PTU release of the Crusader map, otherwise known as 2.0, or multi-crew patch. Obviously, all of this comes with a lengthy list of caveats. 
Both the patch notes and the file downloads are large, 30 gigabytes, and the release itself is going to be a ramp up with 15,000 of the most active Arena Commander players getting access early and then more added as time goes on. Also, this is Lennon's kind of PTU. Things are broken and will break while playing. Fear not. The PU activities have no effect on your actual ships or character's permanent state. Just please tell CIG about it when it happens. That said, it's supposed to include all the goodies that have been teased over the past few weeks. Quantum travel, the new IFCS system, 18 missions, 20 plus random encounters, and scavenged debris fields, an FPS station, and a whole lot more. The development update this week was basically just a rehash of that and the source of the 15,000 number. Now CIG shot themselves in the foot a bit and accidentally released availability to more backers than they intended and was quickly revoked. But it lasted long enough for some intrepid coders to hack their launchers and apparently get unapproved PTU 2.0 access. Guard frequency can neither confirm nor deny that this was successful. So for those of you lucky enough or skilled enough to get yourselves in, break and enjoy. Yes, we can neither confirm nor deny that certain creative people have abilities when it comes to those sorts of things to uh, get in and, and fool around uh, when perhaps they're not supposed to, they're supposed to. I can confirm the ability, but I can deny that I actually did anything because I'm I'm a, <laughs> a white hat and I don't do those kinds of things. So, uh, oh, needless, right, right. needless yes. to say, I did not get an invite, which is, and I'm sure that ne- none of us on this staff got an invite. I don't think none of the cast of Guard Frequency got invites, but some of the crew ah. of Guard Frequency got invites. Of course. Uh, so, amongst our associates, uh, at least three have begun the download process. They're not ready to share any findings just yet because some of them are still actually downloading. But we'll we'll have live reports or you know up to the minute analyses when we come back from vacation to do the call-in show. And maybe by then, maybe everybody will have it, and it'll be old news. But if not, we'll have information for you from our uh, intrepid experimenters. So there was no NDA attached to any of this, I, I take it? No, well, I mean, I think officially there was an NDA attached to it, but then Ben went out on Twitter and basically said, no, 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 you know, play it, twitch it, stream it, do whatever, break it, and then show everybody what's broken. Get out there and play. If you got it, play it, and share videos and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like Jeff was saying, this is definitely, definitely my kind of patch. I'm glad that they have put out a build that isn't polished, that isn't perfect, that they're actually putting on the PTU in order to actually test it before trying to dish it out to absolutely everybody. Yeah, the ramp thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a good sign. Especially, you know, given the fact that it's got all these new systems like the quantum travel, like the space stations, like the debris fields, there's only so much testing you can do internally. And obviously internally, it's a very controlled environment. All of your machines are the same. So you don't know how this will play with that type of graphics card and whether if you've got this RAM and this graphics card, it causes a crash when you go to this location because blah, blah, blah. So I think that doing it this way, it's definitely a lot more sensible. Yeah, I honestly can't fault them for the way that they've gone about releasing this. I'm just really excited for it and i want to get my hands on it as soon as possible well i mean we i think we on the show advocated for them you know do it like you used to do you know give it to a few if that works give it to a few more if that works give it to a few more that way you know if it's a like if it's a graphics issue you know it's a graphics issue if it's a networking issue well then maybe it's something that doesn't show up until you get fifteen thousand people trying to get a match this is good this is this a way that it probably should be done all the time yeah so i presume you guys are looking forward to getting in there what are you most looking forward to about the 2.0 release multi-crew i really want to get in with you guys and test multi-crew i you know when i first backed i backed it for the connie 
that's just give me in the give me in the pilot seat. That's that's all. I'm yeah, for. I'm I'm glad that they they have announced that the My freelance is going to be the next multi crew ship because that's the one that I really wanted. So, mm-hmm. but it, it all looks good. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos of people that have actually been in the persistent universe, and um, there's a, a pretty funny one of a guy who just completely flips when he spawns his ship on the pad, and then somebody just runs out and takes it before he's had chance to leave the console. Even um, somebody was just like stood beside, just actively waiting, just purely to see what it was like um but then he managed to just go and spawn another so i guess at the moment it's not tied to your actual ship if you see what i mean it just spawns a ship of the type you have yeah didn't we have like a big discussion about how i'm never going to set foot in an area where someone can just rob you and t- take your ship and just take off didn't we have yeah. a big discussion about that so basically i shouldn't well no it, they, they don't rob your ship they rob the instance of the ship that has appeared you can just then push another 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 i just push the constellation vending machine button and again yeah yeah, so that's like like we were saying, it's not actually tied to your actual ship or your actual character's well state, let alone permanent state. So, while CRG didn't reveal the 2.0 release on the stream until near the end, the first big thing they covered was the introduction of the newest concept ship sail, the Anvil Crucible. As a dedicated repair ship, it's capable of servicing anything from a Merlin up to an Idris. The main repair bay for this ship is actually a detachable module, internally nicknamed the Scarab, that can either take small ships inside to fix, unfold to accommodate medium-sized ships, or completely detach from the main crucible hull to repair the larger ships, in a kind of piecemeal fashion. In addition to the repair facilities, the ship has a very unique drive system. Its main thrusters can actually traverse along tracks on the sides of the hull to compensate for the changing centres of gravity as the ship will dock for repairs. Also, the thrusters and the bridge of the ship can actually rotate completely around, allowing the ship to fly backwards at full thrust without even bothering to turn. The livestream itself had a ship shape segment which featured a little bit of detail about the white boxing design. For those that are interested, we'll have the links in the show notes along with the timestamp for you. The concept ship sale is in effect for the rest of the week, so if you desperately need to get rid of $350, here's your opportunity. The devs said they needed a repair mechanic in place before they could design the repair ship. The Crucible is designed and on sale, so obviously the mechanic exists now too. Repairs are separated into two major categories, external hull repair and internal component repair. For external repairs, two people are required to do the best job. The repair task manager first scans the ship, locates damaged areas, and determines what mixture of materials will be used to complete the repairs. After that, the repair arm operator goes to work. They get an image from the task manager that shows them what, if any, pieces they need to cut off the damaged ship to create a clean repair point. After the cutting is complete, the operator uses the laser on the arm to cook the raw material mixture into place. Skill comes into play at that point because the materials have an optimum cooking time that changes depending on the mixture. If the arm operator doesn't do it right, the area can end up just as damaged as when it started. The other aspect of repairs is the internal components. This involves a relatively simple find and replace mechanic. Apparently all the components, regardless of type or manufacture, will be composed of the same few internal subcomponents. Repairs are accomplished by simply finding out which of the subcomponents are broken and then replacing them. The uniformity of the subcomponents allows for more nuanced analysis with repairs. If you don't have spare parts, it will be possible to plunder your other components for them, as long as you don't mind those components not working as well or at all, depending on how many parts you cannibalize. All this is still kind of in the theoretical uh, past the whiteboard stage, but uh, still up in the air a little bit, and none of it is available in 2.0 yet. What do you think of this repair mechanic? I I, I kind of like it. This is where you start to plug in the economy with uh, the game mechanics. You're going to have to bring the materials to the repair site, right? You know, if you're going to go out in the crucible, 
You're going to have to stock up on what you think you're going to need to fix, load up your tanks, and then take that out there. And then once you're out there, decide how to deploy it. And while that could be reduced to a simple point-and-click interface, I think that the, the laser cooking thing might be kind of fun. And if you go read the dev post, they give you some sort of visuals where it becomes kind of clear where they have graphically or artistically broken the ship up. And that's the part where you have to slice off. You know, you have to cut it to the to the part where they break the model. And then you put on the new wing or, you know, landing gear or whatever it is. I think it's a fun way to overlap the economy on one end, the real esoteric spreadsheet stuff on the one side, and get it all the way down to the art on the other. That's a, It's a nice sort of uh, transition between those two sort of polar opposite ends of the game. And I think it's gonna be, it'll be kind of fun to find the wizards in the verse that can stock their ships appropriately and then make the magic recipe uh, to fix your stuff quickly and uh, cheaply. It's all an immersion, right? This is supposed to be an immersive uh, game. You know, it's all about spending hours and hours and hours putting the Lego pieces together. Now, this obviously, to me, was more about in-space traveling kind of on-the-fly repairs. This didn't necessarily say you land your ship at the starport and you go in and, and you purchase repairs from the local sh- repair shop. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there'll be a certain amount of hand-wavium hand for that stuff, whether it's an LTI hull replacement or you're just banged up well, and you need to get it fixed. I think you're right. I think it's more of this is a in the, patch in job, the sort of. design document, it actually first of all starts off talking about repair rolls needing the repair arm and then actually talks about a hand tool for doing on the fly jobs so i took that to mean that the repair arm would require you to be at a not necessarily a space station but something of a sizable deployment like the crucible or a space station but um, sort of field repairs of oh my wing got a bit shot up i'm gonna land on this planet and just try and solder a bit back on or weld actually you know soldering is a bit stupid you know that's why you have the personal multi-tool which is capable of doing the exact sort of same things but just on a much much smaller scale right i'm talking like industrial scale like you landed at your hangar you know that kind of thing but you know this just talking about in a a gameplay kind of sense i don't want to go back to my hangar i I can't reach my hangar or whatever these are still field repairs it's not a a dry dock it's still patching you up to get you back it's just the crucible will be able to do a much more thorough job patching you up than what you can pull out of a locker on your own ship well yeah i imagine the crucible will be well stocked with resource with materials and components to to effectively make any kind of repairs uh necessary Right. It might be on a planet side or in a serious, you know, a space station, you know, like an NPC sort of environment. Again, it might be sort of a hand wavium thing and you can get everything back up to 100%. Whereas at uh, one of these ships, you might be limited to what, you know, the repair ship has in stock. You know, it may not have the super great alloy that you need to get your ship back up to spec. It may get you 80% to spec, which is good enough to get you back home. You know, you have to wait till you get to the NPC hub where they can, you know, really get you back up to, to you know, where your, your ship's design criteria were. And the subcomponents, this is, that's where you get your Lego stuff, Jeff. I mean, that's where you get your, I can yank four batteries out of my turret if I don't mind it turning a lot slower, but I get that thruster back online. Also in itself an interesting mechanic because there's going to be times where after being involved in a bit of a firefight, you've really got to make the decision on do you want, you know, possibly arms and shields or do you want your engines running and you can't have all of them at once or maybe you can but you're in such a weak state on all of them is it actually worth doing i think that's that's a pretty good thing too and i think they're bringing back my upgrade slots a little bit because they're talking about how you can swap out 
primaries and backups. And it's pretty clear that your larger ships are going to have a lot more internal room to house those types of swappable mechanic boxes. My Connie upgrade slots are making a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, not quite the same as the, the hard points that they were. but No, no, but you know, in spirit. In spirit, they're kind of making a comeback. Yeah. And if the Crucible doesn't suit your fancy, CIG has given you many, many other opportunities to give them as much money as you possibly can. First, there are some new additions to the smaller end of the ship range. A new snubfighter, the P-72 Archimedes, is billed as an alternative to the Merlin for that docking spot on the Constellation. But if you have the Phoenix variant, this already comes as standard. Some of the specs are still unknown, but we know the weapon mounts are identical to that of the Merlin. The primary differences are some of the aesthetic changes and the option of T3 engine sizes, where the Merlin only has a max size limit of T2. This speedy little snubfighter can be yours with LTI for as little as $30. Moving up the scale a bit, the long-awaited Avenger variants are now available. The base Avenger is now dubbed the Stalker and is on sale for its original price of $60, without LTI. The first variant is the Titan. It trades the distortion cannons for laser repeaters and empties the cargo bay of cells so the Avenger can become a light, speedy cargo hauler. The variant gives you $10 back and is available with LTI. The Warlock is a specialist version of the Avenger, and it has the same armament as the base stalker but replaces the holding cells with an EMP generator that apparently functions like the device on the Matrix movies. You detonate it and everything in range, including your own ship if you don't power down, gets the electronics fried. This variant also is temporarily available with LTI and will set you back $80. And finally, if you aren't interested in any of those, CIG is giving you a shot at almost their entire lineup of flyable ships. Beginning on the 20th, CIG began rolling out ships for sale on a daily schedule. For example, at the time this episode is released, the alien ships like the Cartoo All, the Banu Merchantman, and the Misk Reliant will be up for sale. Category sales will continue until Friday the 27th when all of the ships offered during the sale will be available through the weekend. This is worth noting because some of the very limited edition ships, like the Genesis Starliner and the Connie Phoenix, Phoenix, are available as part of this effort. Jeff, put your wallet away. You have to wait till next week. For the full list, see the CIG post in the show notes. Wait, 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 wait. Go back again. It's going to be available. You can't buy it now. You can buy it next week. Oh. So going back to the Avenger with the variants, I think it's cool that we now know what they are. I also like the fact that when we all saw the video of the pod being retrieved from space, not a single one of us thought it was possibly, you know, the advocacy might need to take prisoners at some point. Um, And we all kind of presumed it was more of a search and rescue type thing. But it makes so much sense, doesn't it? With having an advocacy ship that would have prison cells in the back, you're going to need to be able to retrieve the people if they're just floating. You know, the Avenger, I bought it because it was supposed to be an interdictor. You know what yeah. an interdictor does, right? It, it just seemed to me that they're just making variants for variant sakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in my opinion, not every ship needs to have a variant. Sometimes it's cool just to get the single model. Right. I'm more interested in changing components to make the ship behave differently within the role that was originally built. Right. So like bigger engine, uh, better guns, that sort of thing. I just want to get on my Connie and fly. I know. I, I do, too. I really am looking That's forward. That's all I want. I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. Well, those are the biggest things to come out of the live stream, in our humble opinions. Obviously, if we went into detail about everything, the show would be longer than the live stream itself. So here's a quick rundown of the other highlights. There's a lot of info and interviews with Mark Hamill detailing his character and experience on the filming. 
Bits of that are available as separate videos on the site, along with more details on the process of creating the digital characters. Star Citizen is being featured within upcoming issues of the US PC Gamer and GameStar in Germany. PC Gamer also has a video interview with Mark Hamill from the mocap shoot available on their site. The Vanguard is hangar ready, but not quite flight ready. CIG is now trying out a new system where they put ships in the hangar at the grey box phase of development. That also means some of the things will be a little bit missing from the model at this stage. As teased in Reverse the Verse, Sandy mentioned the next great Star Marine show will help develop the Titan armor. The show will again feature some horrendous aspect of Mark Skelton's wardrobe. <laughs> okay. The Star Citizen Hodas from SciTech will be going on sale in December for $150 with the keyboard available for $200. Expected delivery is in April or May. Mark Skelton detailed some of the concepts for the Million Mile High Club bar available in 2.0. New concepts of the Idris, including interiors, were shown. And the stream finished off with a series of questions about 2.0 mechanics fielded by the Brothers Roberts. Yeah, so it looks like Jeff's going to be spending a lot of money towards the end of November, early December. What with the Constellation Phoenix coming and also the HOTUS available. Uh, no, I am, I'm not. I, I have questions. See, this is typical SciTech. Uh, there is no way that this should be ready for order by December. Well, they're gonna, they'll, they'll be happy to take your money in December, but they're not going to give least. you anything for another four months, at least. Is that typical SciTech? I would have expected the... Uh, development to continue a little bit longer before they had offered some kind of I, I I'm I gotta see this thing I, I actually I gotta feel it <laughs> I gotta feel it before I you know yeah I, I something as tactile as as a joystick you know it's it's tough to buy just even with a picture I sort of had to hold my nose when I bought my x52 I'd never even seen the thing in person before but it was 20% off and everybody says it's awesome so I kind of figured, well like I'll take a chance at it but we just saw the prototype concept phase thing on CitizenCon a month ago or so. Right. And to go from that to this, when, and, and as we've discussed before, Jeff, you're not overwhelmingly uh, pleased with the SciTech sort of, you know, quality proposition. No, I got, I've got uh, two broken ones that should have lasted a lot longer than they did, and I'd be right behind me on the shelf. I want to see the layout. I mean, we haven't seen the thing together. We've seen parts of these pieces and, and some specs, and if it's going to cost as much as my warthog here, then I, I really got to feel this thing. I'll volunteer to be a beta tester, and I'll ship it back to you, but, <laughs> you know, uh, seriously, I mean, this is oh, a keyboard for $200? I mean, what keyboard? I mean, my G19, which I'm playing with, didn't cost that much. It cost $169. And it's got an LCD screen in it. The one thing that does kind of give me hope about that, though, is that knowing what Chris Roberts is like for polish and making sure that everything is just pitch perfect, I hope it extends as far as the quality of the stuff that they're also going to produce in the HOTUS line. So, I mean, so far, things like the Goliath mouse pads and all of that has been pretty decent quality. The only thing that I think anyone's really had any complaints about, uh, it was the, I want to say it was the coffee mug, the printing of the logo on it was a bit shoddy, but everything else so far that they've produced physically seems to have been sourced from, you know, real decent supplies and at a decent level of quality. Yeah, I love my Goliath mouse pads. Very nice. And I've, I've got a couple t-shirts and other things that, that came across top notch. So, I mean, maybe they'll raise the bar for SciTech. That's really what I'm hoping as well. Hey, Jeff, what time is it? Oh, it's time for news we didn't use. Mining Rocks. 
Subin internal newsletter, Stem the Stems, Mine Your Minerals, and enjoy Big Benny's Cacho to Go vending machines. WIP, The Endeavor, reprinted from Jump Point. See The Endeavor's progress from concept to approved design. Bug Smashers! Episode 15, Non-Functioning Thrusters, Not in 3D. And this week's Hazard Index is Rheumatism. It's old and stale, and just like arthritis, it's annoying. Mr. Smart has a new blog out this week with just about zero new information, but some new accusations. First, that the 2.0 PTU doesn't have true 64-bit maps deployed yet. That uh, CIG instead released a workaround that simulates the 64-bit maps. We had our own techies go crawling around in the files, and we can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But there are plenty of clues in there to indicate that 64-bit mapping is baked into many of the systems. Secondly, more chatter about CIG's lack of transparency, and that has allegedly led to the departure of one of the original investors. Again, grains of salt all around. But the more I learn about CIG's corporate structure, the less I like. And the community question this week is, yep, you guessed it, Star Citizen Alpha 2.0, tell us your favorite things. And if you've been given an invite to the PTU, we'd love to hear your experience so far. Let us know all your thoughts in an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post in our show's thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. And now that we're all caught up with the latest news from around the verse, it's time to let you look behind the scenes of your favorite search and rescue organization in Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. My dad is turning green, like literally green. Every day, millions of citizens and civilians find trouble in the deep black. Guard frequency response? Hello? I uh, think the steam pipe on my primary engine failed. Alright sir, we'll... wait, steam pipe? For all those people, Guard Frequency Response is ready to help. Uh, hello, my cargo pilot is late in delivering the latest shipment of processing form. Of course, sir. We'll send out a scout for a safety and welfare check. Uh, have you tried contacting them? Uh, they didn't fill out the proper requisitions for a communication system on the ship, so, so no, 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 I haven't. Whether it's a system failure or an actual attack, Guard Frequency Response is there with assistance. Oh, bad run. Me arm's off. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Responder McComb is firing up his cutlass red as we speak. Or possibly vengeance. Guard Frequency Response? Right, can you hit the red distress button on your console? Uh, Shiv, you've still got those Omni Skies hooked up to your 315P? What? No, no, those are old hat. Right now, I've got three Grey Cat Sure Grips. You wouldn't believe what I could do with these things. We have been known to help the occasional celebrity. Hi, this is Spectrum Personality Carrie Kerrigan, and we seem to be hopelessly lost. Our specially trained operators are ready to handle any situation that may come up. Guard frequency response? It's all stars, man. Okay, is there one star in particular you're concerned about? I think we're getting real close to this blue one. Okay, I'm going to need you to kill your engines, guys. Why, man? They've always been good to us. So harsh, man. (coughs) Violence is the last refuge of the incompetent, man. Oh, let's hope you're not too close to the gravity well. Remember, guard frequency response. We're out there so the deep black doesn't get so lonely. <sighs> I'm all alone. And it's hot in here. 
Uh, ma'am, I believe you've contacted the wrong frequency. Isn't this the guard frequency response? My oxygen generator and cooling system are both fried. Oh, oh gosh, uh, I completely misunderstood that. Um, uh, no worries, keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Some say he's busy building star Shiverson Alpha 2.0, and that he believes PTU stands for Pathetically Tiny Underwear. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Hanger Flare, useless fluff, or a nice perk for subscribers? That was last week's community question, and we got some community answers. Sayer writes in and says, Why you be hating on the Hanger Flare, Jeff? I actually like the Puglisi collection. It's unique and fun to have bits of the verse in the Hanger to remind me that there is a large universe to explore out there. I enjoy all the hangar flair, frankly, and I think the devs do a great job of creating interesting stuff. They're hardly slipping, in my opinion. I like the ship models too, but they would be better if I could take them out of their cases and fly them around in my hands, make all the swooshing and gun blasting sounds. <laughs> They're not toys, though. Oh, no, 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 no. I like that idea. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm surprised you guys didn't make any comments about the redesigned Connie. Did you like it or dislike it? And also, when the Persistent Universe releases in 2019, will you guys dedicate more of Guard Frequencies to Star Citizen again, or do you think it will remain a general space game podcast from here on out? I know that's too far to fathom, but if it were, by sheer luck to release, say, next year, would you gravitate more towards Star Citizen again? Awesome nuggets again this week, guys. Oh, and lastly, Tony, it's a magazine, not a clip. You're making my military side cringe. (laughs) Sean Newboy says, wonderful episode, everyone. As for the flare, nice, but only of real value if they're all something you won't be able to get in the game. I'd imagine that once ground operations become available on planets, you would be able to pick up trophies yourself. Eric says, ouch, I really like the sea creature skull, and it's the first one in a while that I think is great. And Pock says, I subscribed for two months back in the Wingman days. Subscribers are treated well by CIG when compared to other entities that offer flair for money. That being said, I think that CIG, being the best damn space sim ever, could do far better. CIG is one of the only companies that has the tools needed to recognise subscribers as what they really are. They are the ever-faithful, ever-motivated, just-take-my-money-I-believe-in-you part of the fanbase that make up the fiery hot core of any decent game community. I think CIG could easily think up better trinkets, or bits and bobs for Lennon, to bestow upon their very own Jedi Order. They could start with models for the Vandal ships, or some other object that I assume already exists, like a gun rack from the ship reworks. First of all, I have to respond to my, uh, my perhaps uh, inaccurate use of weapon lingo. I don't know if the turrets on your ship have magazines or clips or the equivalents thereof. But yes, the clip is what you put in your old Springfield and a magazine is what you put the little bullets into before you put it into your gun. I, I know that. Sorry if in the heat of the moment I was inaccurate. I, I thought they were all belt-fed myself, so it wouldn't be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It could be belt-fed. Yeah, we don't know. It could be a freaking battery. Who knows? Anyway, as far as the programming, no, no, I have no idea what we're going to do. Hell, we, we barely put the show together, like, you know, a week in advance. Not even that much. But I think, you know, we're going we're gonna to try the expanded format thing. And we're not leaving Star Citizen. It's just that we're not going to rely on... Star Citizen exclusively to generate our content. So if there's if there's news, we're covering it for sure. We're not leaving Star Citizen. That's basically what I'm saying. We're just inviting other things in as well. I would like to say I'm not hating on the flare. I'm I'm really not. 
First of all, I would like the flare to be in its proper places. Having my fish tank right behind my rocket thrusters on the ground floor of my hangar is really not the place for my fish tank, nor is it the place for my bar. I don't want my bar so close to my ship that I think I have to have a drink before I get into pilot. Is that not standard Scottish pilot operating procedure? (laughs) (laughs) Both the ship and the pilot must be well lubricated before taking off. I would like some attention to detail if they're going to put these out that they, you know, properly place them, give some thought to where they're going to go. They just seem to randomly strewn about my uh, hangar. I would rather sleep in my office in my cot than, than on the hangar floor. You know, it's these little things. I, mean, I, I guess it's not so much about the flare as that it just seems to be haphazardly thought of. Like Sayo's point was, it's like, you know, you, you're, you're, it's there for the immersion of it, but then when they don't take the time to actually put it in, a, in the right spot, it sort of breaks the immersion that they're trying to create. Right. And if anyone at CIG is needing an interior hangar decorator, uh, please contact Jeff McComb, Jeff at PriorityOneNetwork.com. Oh, it's, it's actually McLeod at Priority One Podcast. Oh, yeah. McLeod. Uh, my apologies. I just type in Jeff and my computer knows where to send it. It's also Jeff at guardfrequency.com. Yeah. You've got like a million aliases because you've been here. Well, you're immortal. I mean, you've been here since the inception of the whole bloody thing. So, you know. And general feedback. Tarkus says, laughing at the latest episode outtakes, Tony's answer to everything, many jump points. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I I mean, I think we just leave it right there. Does that require any more discussion? No. No, it doesn't. I've answered my own question once again, and the answer is we need jump points. That's all I'm saying. And our new Patreons this week is blank. And the winners of a brand new patch are Dr. Argon. Envelopes are filled, address labels are printed, it's in the mail. And this week's community question, yep, you guessed it, Star Citizen Alpha 2.0. Tell us your favorite things, and if you've been given an invite to the PTU, we'd love to hear your experience so far. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. So how was the show? Are we on your list of things you're thankful for, or are you just thankful that there's a stop button? Either way, let us know. Here's some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can also subscribe feeds.guardfrequency.com or find us on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 98 of Guard Frequency. We won't be back next Tuesday as we're taking the week off for Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Lennon will still be hanging around, but uh, he won't be enjoying that turkey and stuffing that we all love. But we'll be back on December 8th with episode 99, which will be in a call-in show. So if you want to come in and shoot the breeze with us about all the things Star Citizen... So join us for the recording of episode 99 on Friday the 4th of December at 10 p.m. Central. That's Saturday at 4 a.m. GMT. TeamSpeak details can be found on our website. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways that we just ran down, you can also use the contact form on our website. And all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. And if there's a space sim out there that you just can't get enough of besides Star Citizen, and you want to help us cover it, just send us an email and let us know. 
And also, don't forget about our sister production, Priority One. They cover Star Trek Online and the greater Star Trek universe. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash guardfreak. We would like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, and our artist, Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards, our staff writer, Jeff Grant, and our audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Thanks to our syndication partner at the base, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Get access to the un- un- and get access to the unedited record un- un- unedited. As a dedicated repair ship is capable of servicing anything from a merling up merling blah. The di- so okay. Omni skies, more like I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I'm always well lubricated anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> Anything else on that one? Uh, okay. No. No. Yes. No. 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 Okay. Moving on.